You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Wow. We have another generation of youth group coming. Just, just follow this other one, and man, my goodness. And I think it's going to be the best youth group around in another few years because did you see all those beautiful girls and, uh, <laughs> and the guys that are coming? And wow, we're just so thankful. Again, thanks, Carla, for doing that. Lots of amazing things going on. And uh, I don't know if you caught that, but that was all sign language that they were learning and growing in. And man, that's fantastic. I, I challenge some of you, Mark, why don't you come up here and do some sign language for us, you know, again, some very good skills being learned, some good, good characteristics being taught to these children, and I, it takes a, a lot of opportunity and time to, to do these things. By the way, when everybody gets to, when everybody together can make a powerful presentation of the gospel, everybody working together, you know, as you, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the dynamic of what we see week after week, and and you come through the doors and so many things going on, but it takes uh, and all of you using your gifts and talents to present the gospel in such a way that it really impacts the world. And if you came in, you started to see the Bethlehem Drive sets being put together and the, 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 the pictures and the post, all the things. I'm just so happy that so much goes on. Like, you can't believe all the people coming during the week that build those things, that construct those things, that paint those things, that move those things, that clean them up, that get them ready, that cut the wood. That goes. It just goes on and on and on. And everything together, everything together, I get to maybe preach the gospel, but it's all together. The powerful presentation of gospel happens when we all use our gifts and talents. So I just, I challenge you, find some place to be involved. Like, like like holding mics for the for the kids. That's a that is a gift. I I wouldn't do it. You know, I'd probably get it wrong. You know, but so everybody has something to give here, and I just trust that you're. And it's not just in the church. I get that. I know that. But use your gifts for God's glory and His purpose. And uh, we're gonna get a long way. And we're gonna we have a lot a, a bright light to shine in these dark days. And it's gonna take all of us to do it together. Anyways, this is part. Two of our Simply Jesus Month, uh, we have a five, I said four-part series, I've ad- amended that, I think we're going to have a special edition on January or December 31st, so we've extended it to a five-part um, uh, series, but this is, uh, this is important, Simply Jesus is what we want to talk about. Christmas is all about just Jesus, we're, we're so, everything else, everything else connected to it, it's because Jesus came. We might have different kinds of celebrations, but our, this celebration revolves around Christ. It revolves around Christ. So I began this morning with Simply Jesus' service with Galatians 4.4, talking about the Kairos moment of time when Jesus came in the particular center of history. Scripture reveals it as the fullness of time. It's an incredible statement. I just think it's incredible. He, center of time. And the fact of the matter is, we used to, more than we do now, it used to be, history used to be separated in with Christ coming, B.C. being before Christ, A.D. being Adonai Anno Dominio, or year of our Lord, uh, has been changed a lot to B.C.E., before common era, and C.E., common era. Everywhere we go, we're we're slowly seeing the erosion of Christian values of the church, and, and really not just the church, but it's the erosion of Jesus and being important in this world. 
In every aspect, things are being removed. In another attempt, uh, in the enemies, uh, the prince of this world's agenda to remove Christ from uh, history. And so that our kids, and don't, they, they're not going to hear, they're not going to understand those things. So it's important that the church rises up and be, becomes uh, in, important in their lives and all of us together. So I, so I want to emphasize the need of Jesus being at the center of your Christmas celebrations this year. Somewhere in the midst of it, remember it's about Jesus. And, and, and you need to almost go into it with a, a, a premise that where can I celebrate the Lord's coming? Maybe it's through your Christmas cards. You, you, you find If you're going to do Christmas cards, have scripture verses on it. Focus on the story of Christmas. There's lots of things and lots of things to celebrate. I get that. But somewhere, be very intentional about celebrating the Christmas. And not only bring Jesus in the center of your Christmas celebrations, bring him into the center of your life over this course of the next number of weeks. But before I go too far, a joke. Two young boys. I just randomly choose two names, Craig and Tim. I don't know where the names come from. They were spending the night at their grandma and grandpa's house the week before Christmas. At bedtime, both little Craig and Timmy knelt before their beds to say their prayers. Timmy, the younger one, began to pray at the top of his lungs. Dear Lord, I pray for a new skateboard. I pray for a new iPhone 15. Craig, the older of the two, leaned over, hitting Tim and said, why are you shouting? God is not deaf. To which Tim replied, yeah, but Grandma is. <laughs> ah, Timmy, he's a smart little boy. He knows how to get away. Listen. The fullness of time came when the Son of God arrived in the flesh. It's an important thing to, for Jesus to have arrived in the flesh. The incarnation of Christ is important. Jesus had to come in the flesh if he was going to genuinely identify and understand and sympathize with you in your weakness and daily struggles. It had to be. He had to be here in the flesh. He had to understand that. He had to go through it. If he was just arrived as God and did everything as God, how could he say, hey, be like me and uh, act like me and think like me? How can you do that? How? You can't if he was God, but he came in the flesh. It's very important. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews, emptied himself of all his heavenly glory and status to walk as a mere man. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, Kelly. Kelly always wants to hear the address of where some of these verses come from. I think about that every time I'm putting together messages now. I think of, I, I want to tell you where it comes from. Scripture also tells us in John chapter 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Chapter 1, verse 14. He came and he dwelt among us as flesh. He was, this is a part of the mystery of God. Is he was 100% God, but at the same moment, 100% flesh. Man, like how can that be? Well, we don't have the mind to comprehend that. We don't have the, the ability to understand. I have said often Jesus is infinite. God is infinite. We're finite. We can't understand. He breaks the rules in life, all the, when he wants to, he can break the rules, as we're going to see. The, the Christmas story is the beginning of the pro, profound mystery of God intervening in human affairs. He broke the rules when he came. A supernatural, momentous. I, I, you look for things. It's a momentous moment what we're in right now, this season. A momentous moment in time, a kairos where Emmanuel, God with us, joins us, walks with us. 
He comes in the flesh and he in the midst of everyday ordinary people needing a savior. He shows up in our lives, in our hearts. And Jesus coming was all about redeeming people, caring, valuing, reaching into lives that are broken and wounded and hurting and filled with pain and all kinds of different thoughts and ideas and experiences that are not always favorable to others and around. That's called sin. But Christmas is all about people. It's always been about people. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. It's the, he's the greatest gift ever given to mankind. He was given to us. And you discover quickly in this life as you're serving Jesus that it's not all a sugar-coated life. We know that. You discover hardships. You discover in life, life and death situations and struggles that are so challenging. We've been through a few ourselves of late. The stresses that come with walking through this life is challenging. The fears. And there's the sicknesses and sufferings that we see happening every day on our televisions and all over in our social media. And they're somehow, they're also mixed with dreams and hopes of people. You have dreams and hopes. We all have dreams and hopes in the midst of all the wild stuff going on in our lives. In every generation, the, there's been dream, people have had dreams and hopes in the midst of the suffering and sickness. And so, therefore, the importance of Emmanuel being God with us is all the more valuable when you understand that the Son of the living God walks with us and talks with us and comes into our midst of our life. I began this month with the Mary miracle when God broke all the rules of procreation. He moved beyond our understanding again. And if you're here long enough, you understand that God moves outside of our understanding, the angels, visitations, all these things. He sends an angel named Gabriel to announce to a virgin named Mary that she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit, overshadowing her, and that her child, the Son of the Most High God, would save the world from the sin. What kind of talk? What kind of discussion? What, if you, Rod, if you put yourself into that place, how, how does this even make sense? God's mystery goes way beyond what makes sense to us at times. Mary's burden would be a heavy burden to bear. But though, her, but though her challenges would be great, through the years, through being patient and following and trusting, she would come to an understanding of God's highest and blessed plan, even for her own son. A plan that may not have been her choosing. And some of what the Lord may be doing in your life right now may seem burdensome. There's challenges in our midst. You may not fully understand why you're having to go through some of these things. Yet by the time you meet Jesus, you'll have an understanding. You'll have a growing understanding. But the key is to keep Jesus at the center of your life. And that's the challenge, keeping him at the center with so many distractions, so many things come and bombarding us. You need to have patience. You need to persevere. And you will manage through God's grace and by Jesus being at your side. Not everything is perfect. Not everything is simple or easy. In this second part of the series, Simply Jesus, I'm calling it the Joseph Dilemma. We come to the second character, main character. There's other characters that have led up to this moment, which I can't talk about them all. Zachariah and Elizabeth had a big part to play in all of this going on. The parents of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. Like Mary's calling to be Jesus' earthly mother, Joseph, 
His calling to be Jesus' earthly father was his equally high and difficult assignment as Mary. It's a different role completely, but just as important. Joseph is not mentioned a lot in the Bible. Only the first and third Gospels do we find his name being mentioned. You don't get to know him really well, not like you do Mary. Other than that, he was a carpenter, a laborer, someone working for his living, living in Galilee. He was the son of a man named Jacob, and he came from the family lineage of King David, not a small lineage. David was the shepherd that became king. Jesus was the king that became the shepherd. Oh, and the other thing we know about Joseph, not just being a humble carpenter enjoying his workshop. How many guys just enjoy their workshop? <laughs> it's getting away a little bit. But we also know that he was recently betrothed to a beautiful woman named Mary. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus, came, Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph. Betrothed isn't a word we use too often anymore. In the Jewish culture of the day, betrothal was equivalent. It was equivalent to being married, except they, had to wait. they waited a period of a year before they came together in an intimate relationship. But betrothal was equal to being married except without consummating the, the marriage. The ceremony would take place a year later when they'd be united. But if there was a violation between that year period of time, then it was acceptable to take action to end the engagement, the betrothal, or marriage. It did not have to occur. So, but Joseph, he had nothing to worry about, right? Mary was a righteous woman. He was a righteous man. They were committed to one another. Things were going well. Everything was in order. Everything, everything was going fine. When all of a sudden, Joseph, Joseph is faced with shocking news. Now put yourself in his place. Shocking. This was someone so outside what he was prepared for. A dilemma he could not believe. Because before the year was up and that they could come together as husband and wife, she was found with the child. Through the Holy Spirit. Oh, we have the ability to look back and go, yeah, but Joseph is going to be fine. But when he, she was with child. Unless you stop to think about it, in the moment Joseph must have been struck with deep heartbreak, incredible pain, unspeakable agony. Come on, this is the woman he loved. The betrayal, the pain. The sheer agony he must have felt at the moment of his beloved's infidelity. And can I pause and just say, be cautious, husband and wife. Be cautious, men and women. Be on guard. Infidelity can ruin, ruin a life. The news Mary shared about being pregnant would have flipped Joseph's world upside down. Once content and happy and excited about his future. Everything going his way was completely shattered by a few words. Imagine just a few words can change your direction and your entire momentum. I am with child. That's got to have been a challenge. Have you ever had news that have flipped your world upside down? It doesn't have to be that news. There's news that come to us that we were ill-prepared Ill for, moments of time. Have you ever had news that's flipped your world around? Of course, it's a rhetorical question. Of course you have. 
We all have moments of time when unexpected news comes, reports, news that is devastating, news that's complicated. It's complex. It's filled with complexities. And it carries with it a whole wide range of emotions. News that stresses you out, can make you angry and mad and sad, all at the same moment. All those things rustling around in your heart, and you feel like, what do I do? You just you feel like you're going to explode. Adding to Joseph's dilemma was the fact that she wasn't telling the truth. She was lying to him. An angel appearing to her that she was highly favored of God and that her child was conceived by the Holy Spirit and would save the world from... How preposterous is that? Come on, that would be the... Who could make that up? That's an amazing... You know, like, wow, it's huge. Remember, the moment that Mary shared with Joseph the news, beside God himself, the only two that knew that what she was talking about was true was an angel, and he was in heaven, and Mary, who was on earth. They were the only ones that know the truth. Everything else looks absurd. God breaking the rules of procreation was not part of Joseph's mindset at that moment. Mary clearly had lost her mind. <laughs> An angel. If Mary's question from last week was, how can this be? How can this be? And Joseph's questions was, what should I do? It had to be a question. What should I do with this information, this, this change of direction, this, this story? Because Joseph knew full well that the child was not his. And he wouldn't buy into Mary's story. Joseph decided that the woman he loved he dodo, he planned his whole life around, was betrothed to, would have to quietly and lovingly be removed from his life. It was his only option. It's a challenge. Christmas is filled with details that we don't often think about the challenges. It says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, a righteous man, and not wanting to make her a public example, Put her away secretly. In the Christmas message, there's so much buried in there, the details can be easily, easily overlooked. It wasn't all simple. It wasn't all beautiful. It was filled with complexity, the complexities of life. Serving Jesus is more than just a set of ideals, doctrines, and opinions. It, goes, it has to go beyond just theology. It is theology, but it goes beyond. In the story of Jesus' birth, it's, I find everyday ordinary people doing their very best, ordinary people, to live out their principles and convictions in real life. It's tricky to do. It's hard to do. Life is hard. Life is challenging. And choosing God's way above man's way is not an easy thing to do. Choosing God's way over man's way. What did Joseph have to do? Joseph had some choices he had to make. What do I do? He did not drag Mary into the street and accuse her of adultery. We would see Pharisees doing that when, in Jesus' day. Similar story. We bring the 
adulterous woman in and accuse her and say, stone her. What do we do, stone her or let her go? Joseph cho didn't chose that action. Could have. Joseph did not broadcast her sin. Did not shame her. Did not condemn her. I find solace in Peter's word that he would write later, later in 1 Peter chapter 4. Above all, listen to this. This is Joseph's response. The Bible is uniquely connected if you allow yourself the time to get to know it and understand it. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another. Fervent. Because love covers a multitude of sin. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Covers over, not exposes. He cared for Mary deeply. He was in anguish. Have you ever been in anguish? You don't sleep at night when you're in anguish. Your eating changes. You may not be eating. Some would probably, given time, look at Joseph with shame and scorn. How could this happen? How could you let this happen? We throw out our Barbary attacks. We have contempt for those that are finding themselves in pain often. And others would have just avoided him completely behind his back. Things were going on. Gossip. There are times in my life I wonder how many secretly are happy to discover when somebody fails or falls into sin. Their life looks too good and, and it's too perfect and then they stumble and they go, ah, see, you're not so perfect after all. And you actually secretly are amused at other people stumbling and falling. That ought not to be in the hearts and attitudes of our, the church. It not, ought not to be in any of our cases. You and I, we, you must learn to value all people even when they're in their sin. You must value them. Jesus gave, what, why do you ask? Well, Jesus cared for them. He came into a world that was filled with Brokenness and pain and ugliness and sinfulness. He came. And by the way, he valued you. He cared about you. You're not better than anybody caught in any kind of sin out there. You're not. And if you think that you're being duped, if you think that you're special and somehow you're free from some of these challenges and, and attack, you're not. You are a sinner just like the ones that often we revile and we talk about and go, oh, there, they just need Jesus. You need Jesus. We all need the Lord every day. Mary's sin was punishable by death. Stone her. Could have been the real cry. Take her life. Ah. But the Bible says something very small, seems insignificant, but really is very powerful. And we do learn something about Joseph. He was a righteous man, the Bible says. It's an important qualification. The characteristics of a righteous man is revealed in the grace and mercy that Joseph showed Mary. He may have even thought back a little bit, mused over his life and his ancestry, came to that place regarding 
King David, who was in his lineage. The king, the great king, who had fallen into adultery with Bathsheba and yet lived to be called a man after God's own heart. The great king. You see, at some point in our Christian faith, I don't want to write anyone off at any time. Ever. And it's hard to do because you think, and, and, and that even, even is more so when you look at young people, the youth. There's no youth at 15 or 16 that you can ever, oh, he's just a bad person. You're all, we're all been there. They're not bad, they just don't understand yet. And that's our goal, that's the responsibility of the church to love and care and help and encourage. I never want to write anyone off at any time. God may be doing something in them that I'm not privy to. God was doing something in Mary and Joseph that no one else knew. The Bible says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. There's that connection with King David. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. An aha moment, finally some understanding. But let me pause just for a moment. Let me pause before we get to the aha moment. Because there's always an aha moment. I want you to understand the dilemma Joseph was going through. This dream that he received, in all likelihood, came two or three months after the angel shared with Mary. See, we read the story so quickly, we don't know all the details. It's probably two or three months of agony, pain, questioning. Mary revealed to Joseph that she was pregnant. Many things started to happen at that moment. The Bible says in Luke, a few days after the angel had departed, so the angel tells her this, Mary hurries to the hill country of Judea. She makes haste to the town where Zechariah lives. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Once the news was shared with Joseph, she left town. It says she spent three months with Elizabeth and Zechariah. Three months. From Nazareth to Hebron in the, in the Judea Mounts is about a 90-plus mile uphill journey. It would be at least five or six days that Mary was tracking to visit her cousin or her relative Elizabeth. Five or six hard, grueling days. And... Again, in our journey, in our, in our track through this life, there's moments of time when the roads become difficult to travel. There's hardship and there's pain and there's brokenness. And some of you might be on difficult roads right now. But like Mary, think of this, the, the small nuances. Like Mary, pregnant with the Son of God. The presence of God is also with you. It was with Mary in a very special way, wasn't it? As she tracked those days through the wilderness to see her relatives. She, Jesus was growing in her womb. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was closer to Mary than she could ever imagine. And he's closer to us, closer to you. You can't even imagine, you can't think it because it remains a mystery to you, but he's close. And as hard as it would be, Mary couldn't stay in Nazareth. She couldn't stay there where this all happened. It'd be too filled with challenge and struggle of people seeing her as she became more and more with child. 
when my mom, my biological mom, discovered that she was pregnant with me, she had to make some arrangements. She made arrangements to leave the small town in northern Manitoba where I was conceived. It wasn't a place in the early 60s that would treat probably her with very objective thoughts and care. It would be a hard time, I can't imagine. She would have been placed in challenges in, that I can't understand. Some of you have been in situations where you've been placed in very difficult situations. She actually, and it's a mystery to me, the mystery of God, I don't understand it all the time. She actually lived for a time at Base Borden as she carried me. This is 20 minutes from where I've spent most of my life, a lot of my life. In Mary's case, she began to show that she was with child and Joseph's reputation would have been ruined or worse. She could have been stoned in Nazareth, so she left. Joseph chose to divorce her secretly, putting her away secretly. In all likelihood, that meant gathering some loaves and fishes, maybe a few grapes and a flask of water, and sending her away to find Elizabeth. Some scholars suggest that Elizabeth could have been Mary's mom's sister. Mary could have been an orphan, some would think, going to her aunt's place in Hebron. There had been rumors, she'd heard the rumors leading up to this, that Zechariah had become a mute after seeing an angel. Well, you know, so there was, there was rumors of this going around prior to that. And, of course, the angel himself, Gabriel, gave Mary the news that Elizabeth was also pregnant. And that would have been a miraculous moment because in the days she was very old. She was of a, in her old age. And looking, and looking for some kind of comfort, Elizabeth and she went to Elizabeth and Zacharias because they may be the only ones that could even begin to understand the possibility of her being with child. And that's where in Luke chapter 1, verse 56, Mary stayed, it says there, stayed for three months. If Jesus was born in December 25th, you can do the math like I did. I was slow at it, but Joseph's dilemma would have been sometime between March and June. He would have spent the three months leading up to John the Baptist's birth, or Mary would have, and he would have been struggling. Three months. You think, see, the, when you begin to chrono the chronology of everything, it, this isn't as quick as we can read it. Three months of challenge. Three months of agony. Three months of tossing and turning. I, I wonder in myself, why wouldn't God just tell them both at the same time? Would have been quite easy. But he didn't. God's methods of operation are mysterious. And you have to allow that to be part of your life with Jesus. That some of the things he does is just outside of your understanding. I tell you all this because God revealed to Joseph in a dream that was going to, what was going to happen. But until then, he was being stretched. There was the aha moment, but he was being stretched. It wasn't easy. There would be many dark and dreadful days Joseph would have to pass through before the miracle arrived. Many. Much stressing. Some of us are being stretched. Why are we being stretched? God, why are we stretching? Why this heartbreak? Why, God? Why? 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 What? And we, we ask that question. And I know it won't satisfactorily answer all the questions, but I think Scripture hits, again, at least in part of the answer of the why. If you, again, take the totality of Scripture, you're going to... It's found in Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 3. But we also glory, glory in our sufferings, 
Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, something that we don't talk about very much. Character produces hope. And verse 5, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. There's a process that God is trying to use the church, you and I, in our lives to reflect his love in ways that aren't just so easy. Many in our day have come to believe that the only things you need for success are talent, energy, personality, and a good social media profile. But that's not true. History teaches us that over the long haul, who you are is more important than who you appear to be. Who you are inside goes far beyond what you are on the outside. I've heard it said, and it's not an easy saying, but God is more interested in how you respond to the wrong done to you than the wrong itself. God will vindicate. God does the work. God, it's God's to revenge. How you respond to wrong is important to God. See, at precisely the right moment, Gabriel's God's trustworthy messenger broke into Joseph's deep sleep with an assurance from his heavenly father to put away his fears, to take Mary as his wife, because that which was conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The aha moment came, but it wasn't right away. And maybe some of you older saints can look back and you can, with experience, go, aha, I get it now. You may feel abandoned and alone at times, but you are not. We are never. Like Joseph, you are doing all you can to live for Christ. He was a righteous man. And you're not alone when you face the trials and temptations of all kinds. When you are faced with making hard decisions, we all have hard decisions to make. Life's tough right now. It's challenging. Everyone's fighting a hard battle, finding solutions to problems that you believe are beyond your ability to rise above can be challenging, like there's just no overwhelmed. But let me tell you, in the midst of the dilemma, in the midst of the dilemma, it's not out of reach for you to find strength in God. For both Mary and Joseph, for both of them, Jesus was closer than they could ever imagine. He's close to you. You may not have the same role, the same designation, the same responsibility, the same assignment, but he's close. In the midst of all the hardship you're going through, I, I think that's the amazing part of this Christmas story that when you get into, when you do a little bit, the unlikely heroes of faith are not who you would choose. They're just ordinary people. A carpenter from Nazareth, chosen to be Jesus' earthly dad. A virgin woman, chosen to be the mother of God. You can be used for something divine in your ordinary life. It may not be written about, may not be celebrated like Ohano de Catan, the guy that just made 700 million signing with the Dodgers. You may not be those guys. Remember, the Christmas message, the whole story that you see in a little Christmas card. 
cannot be summed up. It's more than a set of ideas. It's more than a set of doctrines and opinions. The Simply Jesus message is about people who chose to live for God in very hard moments of time. They were principles, convictions, that they lived out in real life. People who put the Lord first, who served Him energetically, who in Joseph's case walked the second mile when it was inconvenient. It's inconvenient at times to serve Jesus. He's going to ask you to do things, to show up and go places that you're not going to always feel like going. Who would generously gave of their finances without expecting a return. You did it because you just knew it would help somebody, encourage somebody. You endured hardship and even suffering in the course of time. It's about people that you can impact and influence. Real issues, real life, in the midst of calamity. Like Jesus, you and I are called to show up. Put down our own ambitions and show up. And those people, if you choose to be one of those people, people who have come to put their faith in Emmanuel, God will always be with you. He will always be with you. All the time. The miracle for Mary and Joseph was coming and closer than they could ever imagine. We'll get there. We're only on part two. Jesus is closer than you may think. My question and challenge to all of you this morning, today, again, again, with fresh determination, would you be willing to trust in simply Jesus for your life? What do you have to lose to trust him this morning all over again for the days ahead? Let's close in a word of prayer. So, Father, here we are once again, come through these doors week after week. Our weeks are filled with all kinds of things that go on from Sunday to Sunday, and sometimes we find ourselves in dilemmas. We hear words, reports that bring dilemma, agony, challenge. In the midst of those days, Lord, I, I would ask that you would tenderly and lovingly help us manage with grace and mercy those dilemmas that we find ourselves in. That you would empower us through your Holy Spirit to live righteous lives, act kind, be gentle when news comes of great challenge. Lord, I know it's not our natural bent, but you living in us, we need to reflect a light that goes beyond our understanding and shine that light in a dark world. May we be slow to judge, slow to condemn, slow to shame. and then May we place our trust in you once again. We're just everyday, ordinary people, but Lord, I believe each of us have an assignment that you've given to us. May we each submit our hearts to God one more time. And maybe you're here for, you've never submitted your life to Jesus. You've never given your heart to God. 
you've never known how close God can walk with you and open doors that you can't open. And this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just take a moment. Just take a quick moment. No, no one's looking around. I'm not here to embarrass you, to center you out, call any undue attention to you. But I would ask you, if you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith in Jesus, would you consider doing that this morning? What do you have to lose? There's nothing to lose. And if you're here this morning with nobody looking around, you just quickly raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. Take just a moment. Nobody's going to be embarrassed. God bless you. Yes, at the back, you can put it down. Anybody else? Yes, God bless you. Just anybody else? Just take a moment. I think it'd be well that we all pray this prayer together and as a as a focus to put Jesus back to, into the center of our lives. And if you raised your hand, you pray this sincerely from your heart, God will hear and he will make you his child and you will begin to understand a whole new perspective of what's going on. Let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, all unrighteousness, every transgression. For truly, you're the son of the living God. And I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.